I post this video of him and say, thanks, Gary V. I'm a huge fan. Um, this is for you. And within minutes, I get a, re a response from him that says, this is the freestyle way. We be live just like that. Uh, Tim Smith, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Carl, thanks for having me, man. I'm a big fan and, you know, I love what you do. I love the message that you bring to the world. So thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. It's a, it's a pleasure. I mean, uh, we met through um, Wesley Knight. I right. think we were both following him and uh, I was doing some collaborations with him and, and we connected and uh, we stayed in touch a little bit online and you did something amazing for uh, me and for my family, which was that beautiful portrait of uh, my daughter, right? Uh, which was so awesome and really special. So thank you for that. And, yeah, I was happy uh, to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, a, what a gift. So, so cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because we haven't talked uh in person or right. on the phone or anything so this is the first time that we're speaking it's pretty pretty cool that the internet can do that yeah long time coming right Definitely. yeah seriously well um the listeners right now are maybe wondering who who's tim smith uh yeah who is tim smith uh yeah absolutely i'm an artist based in south jersey um i've been doing art for about eight years, I always was an artist, but then I kind of stopped after high school. Um, and then I picked it back up and I'll, I'll get back into that. But I'm also, you know, a husband, my wife and I have three children. I'm a father. Um, I'm, I'm a creator, you know, and I'm also a teacher. So um, recently I went full time as an artist, but once a teacher, always a teacher. And I find myself constantly looking for new opportunities to keep students with me in the studio. Um, because I love to teach and I love art. So now I'm kind of combining both of those and trying to find my way and kind of build that journey as well. Um, wow. But yeah, so that's me in a nutshell, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I think going full time as an artist is a big deal. I think any, any creative when they make it their full time job, so to speak, that which that can, can serve as a resource to support them. Uh, seems to be, yeah, pretty a pretty big step. How did you know? How did you know that you were ready to go full time? Well, I don't think you ever really know. Um, I'll say this: I knew once I really started to get into art. Um, you know, like eight, seven, or eight years back, I knew that it was going. It was a goal of mine um, to become full time. I didn't, at first I didn't know how realistic it would be. Um, and then once I started to gain some momentum and have a lot of, um, at least local success and people were asking me for work, I said to myself, oh, this could be a, a reality maybe one day. And I gave myself kind of like a time limit, um, not necessarily knowing if it would happen or not, but I tried to follow this like five-year kind of wasn't even really much of a plan, but just the timeline saying, okay, well, I'll see where I'm at in five years. Now, um, I had always uh, told my wife, you know, maybe one day I'll become a full-time artist. I'll give it a shot, you know? And I, I really felt like I had to take the leap eventually. And the real turning point, I would say for me, was when my wife went from, yeah, you can do that if you'd like, you know, she's always been very supportive, but she went from, you can 
to one day she said, I think you should, you know, wow. there's a big difference, right? Um, you know, you can, she always has my back. You should, she's saying, yeah, do it. Now's the time, right? So I was getting to a point as a teacher, you know, if there's any teachers listening to this, you know, you're constantly bogged down and overwhelmed and have so much going on at all times. So I would be working all day and then come home with the family. And then I wouldn't get to start my art until sometimes nine o'clock at night. And I was getting to a point where I had to say no to a lot of work that I wanted to do that I thought could help me build my brand and help me grow as an artist. So I decided last year just to take the leap. And I knew, you know, worst comes to worst, I can always go back to be a teacher again. Um, so yeah, I, I decided I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the leap and knock on wood. It's been great so far. It's definitely a grind, um, but I love every second of it. So amazing. So, yeah. So it's been, it's been awesome. And I'm very blessed and lucky to have such a great support system here, you know, so yeah, that's, it's been an adventure so far to say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it sounds like an adventure. And you said that you started eight years ago. Uh, what does that mean to start? Were you painting or drawing before that? Or did you start actually producing pieces that you were selling eight years ago? It's funny. So um, I'm going to rewind before that, if it's okay, I'm going to tell you kind of my, mm -hmm. like my story coming up. Um, I was, I always loved art. Even since I was a little kid, my older brother was an amazing artist. I was always drawing whatever he was drawing. So I always had him to look up to. My uncle, um, who married my aunt when I was like three years old, is like a South Jersey, amazing, like local famous artist. He's had shows all over the world. So he's on a whole different level. But I grew up seeing such amazing um, art, like stuff that's in a gallery, you know? So I kind of had a good idea of what great art was, at least in my mind. Um, but when I was little, you know, if you asked me in kindergarten what I wanted to be when I grew up, the answer was probably either a professional baseball player or an artist. But as you grow up, you know, they, they had the age old saying, the starving artist, right? How are you going to survive as an artist? Um, and so it was like, okay, I loved it. Thought it was a hobby. That's great. I was okay with that. Um, so I, I played baseball, football my entire life and played baseball in college. But as I, when I was little, unfortunately, I, I had some tough injuries as a young child. So I had my first knee surgery when I was 11 years old. Wow. And then another one, two years later, my ACL and then 10th grade, my ACL. So I had a lot of time, usually at the beginning of a football season, where I was laid up for a while and was never really in the video games. Um, so what I did was I picked up a sketchbook and I really felt like drawing at the time kind of healed me in a way, you know, it, it gave me something while all my friends were out on the field and I couldn't be with them. It gave me something that I was working on um, and would see some sort of improvement a little bit at a time. You know, I look at some of my sketches from when I was younger and they're, they're laughable, but, um, but it kind of got me really into it, you know? So, and in high school, I took art lessons. I had a great art teacher and I loved it, but that was it. After high school, I was kind of done. 
um, when I went to college, I actually, my freshman year, I had to take one elective. So I took drawing 101, but I was playing baseball at the time. And my baseball was taking up a lot of the time and drawing was, like I said, it was an elective and I was going for teaching. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I have time to do all this. So regretfully, the one class I ever, I ever dropped in college was drawing. Ironically oh, enough. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so fast forward, here I am. I guess, uh, yeah, about eight years ago, it was 2015, I broke my foot and I was so embarrassed since I was on crutches as a child all the time, people around my town would say, Oh, what happened this time? What happened this time? And it was like embarrassing for me. Right. So now I'm 27, something like that. And I broke my foot and I'm on crutches again. And I was so humiliated. I didn't want to go around and see the same people and say, Oh, there's Tim Smith again hurt. So I kind of stayed inside for a couple of weeks and it made me pick up a sketchbook for the first time in probably since maybe a little bit in college, but mostly since high school. Wow. And when I did that, I started drawing again. And um, it was about a month before my, my son was born. And I was like, wow, I looked down and four hours had gone by and I had drawn this sketch and it wasn't terrible, you know? And I was like, wow, that was like meditation for me. It felt so good for me mentally that the next day I did another one and then I did another one and I just kept kind of sketching. Um, and then I told my, I remember telling my wife one time sitting in my house, I said, you know, I've seen these artists on Instagram. I think I'm going to make an Instagram art. And I want to become an artist. And she's like, okay, you know, very supportive as well. Okay, great. Cool. You know, so I kind of started putting my sketches on. And if you go back all the way, like to the beginning of my Instagram, it has these sketches that are not very good. But at the time I was pumped about them, you know, so um, it was just the beginning. And I keep them there for that reason, because I love to see the growth. Um, so I did that. And then somebody at my school that I taught with saw my Instagram one day. I wasn't really telling many people. I was kind of worried about what people would think like, uh, Tim wants to be an artist now, like out of nowhere. Um, and someone saw it on Instagram and said, Hey, is this your stuff? I said, yeah. And they said, would you be able to draw a picture of, of my son for me and I'll pay you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, somebody, somebody wants to actually buy my art, like wants to pay me money. And, at the time, I, I had no idea what to charge somebody. It probably took me five hours. And I think I probably got like $35 for my first ever commission. But I was pumped. You know what I mean? Like my art was going out into the world. Somebody was seeing it and somebody appreciated a kind of like a talent that I had. You know, it made me feel a little bit special. So I was like, wow, this is great. So that person that I taught with showed another teacher and she says, can you do one of my daughters? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Um, and since that time, I want to say it's pr it was probably October or November of 2015. I've been so lucky that I've never had, I've never had a time that I didn't have probably three or four commissions going on for people, um, wow. like a list, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just been incredible so far. And I'm so lucky that I broke my foot. 
right? It kind of, I felt like it was kind of meant to be that mm -hmm. this happened to me in this serendipitous way. And it put me here, you know, now I am, I'm giving my dream a shot. So what more could you ask for, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. It, it's really inspiring to hear. And, you know, some of the things that I saw from you early on, and I, I guess this was maybe 2016, 17, around then, when I when we first connected, was um, just, you know, art pieces that maybe uh, Wesley Knight had. I think it was uh, Jordan. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, he had, um, who was the, the sprinter? Oh the gosh. sprinter, the sprinter. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The sprinter. And I was like, oh, there's somebody who's doing like athletic art. That's what that was my first impression. I thought you were a, an athletic artist or something right. like that. That that was my my sense. And then I saw that you you did something for Gary Vee, I believe. Yes. And mm -hmm. you you got to meet him. How, how did you get to that point? Did he commission that? Did you make it and, and present it to him? How did that yeah, happen? So um, along this journey, right? I've always been a fan of people that can help you become a better person, help you grow. So I started watching all these daily V's and I loved Gary V. And I was, a, I'm a big fan of him. Um, and then one day I believe it was on Twitter. So pause, oh, sorry. I started doing a painting of him, um, a time-lapse portrait of me, the whole process of everything. And I planned on, you know, tagging him on Instagram. Hopefully he would see it. But one day I remember seeing a um, notification, Gary V posted on Twitter. If you're trying to get in touch with me, see me on Twitter. Or maybe it was on Instagram. He wrote that, right? So I was just about finished this, this painting, the video and everything. It just so happened. It was just perfect timing. Um, he says that I hop right on Twitter. I post this video of him and say, Thanks, Gary V. I'm a huge fan. Um, this is for you. And within minutes, I get a, re a response from him that says, wow. And he tags his um, assistant, Tyler. And Tyler responds, Tim, we would love to um, have you up uh, or what's your email address, right? And then emailed me and said, we would love to have you sit down with Gary for 20 minutes in New York. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is like huge for me. Like, I could not believe this was actually happening, right? Just one of those signs from the universe that, hey, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I remember it was months in advance. So I think I waited probably five or six months. And I took a personal day from my school, which was hard to do in my district. But um, the funny thing was, I took it, it was supposed to be on a Friday. And then it got I got a call like the day of the meeting with Gary Vee and was like, we have to postpone until Monday. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I call my principal. And I'm like, yeah, this is a huge opportunity. And he was so cool about it. He's like, absolutely come in. You could do it on Monday. So it just worked out and I was very lucky, but um, I actually ended up doing another, a Curtis Martin painting for Gary Vee. So this is all, you know, free as a thank you um, just to get up there and, you know, learn from him and, and be in his studio and see everything. I mean, what an amazing experience. I mean, you're a fan of Gary Vee. I know that. And just to be up there and learn from him and ask him questions for 20 minutes was well worth it, you know? So very cool. Very cool. And what did, what did you learn from him? I mean, 
endless things. Um, I, I believe at the time, one of the biggest takeaways was just to keep time lapsing every single thing um, about my art. More, I wanted to build a connection with my audience, right? I didn't want them just to buy my art. I wanted to, them to invest in me as an artist and, and really build an audience that I could connect with. Um, so, and that helps build brand in, in the same way. You know what I mean? I don't want them necessarily saying, oh, look at the cool picture on the wall. I want them to say, oh, wow, that's a Tim Smith, you know? So that was a big part. And I, I was never very business savvy or marketing savvy and, and not that I am yet, but, um, when I started learning so much, uh, by watching his videos and listening to him, that, that kind of really stuck with me. So those were some of the big takeaways. I mean, I've, I've learned countless things from him over the years, but, um, and also this is how I met West Knight. Um, I think that same day, Gary in my meeting or whatever, started following me and, and then I was on his daily V and I believe Wes saw that and started following me as well. So I took Gary's advice. I saw Wes um, and I knew that he was kind of like an influencer and was building things on Instagram, kind of like in the same space um, that I wanted to be in, or at least the people that I wanted to be working with and talking with. So I messaged him. I said, Hey, uh, my name's Tim Smith. I was just on the Gary V daily V and he gave me some advice to reach out to some influencers and maybe see if they would like some work. And I did that. And that was that painting that you saw. And then from there, I, I was uh, with Wes in that class that you were teaching in. And that's kind of how we, we started uh, communicating back and forth as well. So it's kind of crazy how things happen like that, you know? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, yeah, I, I love hearing the timeline. Now it makes sense in my head how we how we connected and how the uh, yeah, the, the, the dots kind of uh, lined up. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And, you know, something that I was just thinking about as you were talking about uh, people recognizing your paintings as, oh, look, that's a Tim Smith is this idea of having a signature style. Mm -hmm. Did you, do you feel like you've arrived at a place where you have a signature style? I mean, me watching you, I feel like you do have a signature style, but I've, I have noticed that lately, uh, maybe in the last two years, you've made a lot of changes and you've tried different mediums. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like painting shoes. Yep. And uh, just recently you um, were painting a landscape, which uh, I think it was uh, maybe the the shore or something. Yeah. And it seems like it was a throwback to your childhood. Uh, I may be misinterpreting that, but. No, uh, you're absolutely, yeah. you're hundred percent right. You actually kind of nailed it. You know, uh, when I was little, I was always drawing either athletes or the beach or like surfing of some sort, right? Cause I, I live close to the beach. So so it's always been a big part of me. But um, to go back to the question about, do I feel like I have a signature style? Um, I feel like I'm close, but I feel like it's always evolving, right? So I love, I love to do portraits and I, I love doing big, I love working big. And I love vibrant colors. However, it is difficult sometimes to sell a four foot by four foot picture of Marilyn Monroe or uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, and, and I believe that I love doing it. I want to continue to do that, but I feel like right now in order to help me keep this dream alive, um, I kind of pivoted a little bit to do more things that locally would get my name 
into some galleries, some restaurants, into people's, you know, living rooms or whatever would help me sell just to keep going. And even the shoes, that's kind of how it's nice to be able to do some quick work and get paid for it, right? Rather than work on a piece for a few weeks and not know if I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage until that one goes, you know what I mean? So um, I started out as a portrait artist doing these big, colorful things. And I feel like that really helped me get my name out there and on the map. And I love that. And I, like I said, I'm going to continue to do that, but um, just not temporarily, but I feel like I just added some more things to my repertoire. So it's kind of, I don't want to be pigeonholed as a giant portrait um, artist. I want to be able to do a lot of things, you know, and I feel like with each thing that I learn or add to my art, uh, new opportunities arise too. So it's all about keeping the door open and whatever is going to keep me in the studio painting and living my, you know, the life that I'm hoping to create. So that's really where it comes from. But I really like that. Yeah, I really like that idea of your art matching the the lifestyle that you're trying to create for yourself as it's something that resonates with me because I believe that whatever body of work we're developing is just an extension of the life that we uh, envision that we could be living. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's cool to hear it's cool it. to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you this. Um, this was I, I wasn't sure I was going to share this, but I, I'm, it, it makes sense right now to share is that one of the things that your art has done in terms of a gift to to me is that uh, now when my grandson sees mm -hmm. the picture of my daughter on the wall, he goes, mommy, and he oh. wants to give it a little bump. And he goes, oh, that's Mom. awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's special. And um, at the moment, we don't have that piece in this house that we're currently living in. It's currently in Central California. And it, it, it's there in um, uh, my, my, uh, my in-laws house at the moment in the room that we were staying in during the pandemic mm. uh, because we were in the process of moving to Sweden. So oh, right, we, right. we had sold everything and we only saved a few things that mm -hmm. fit in one little room. <laughs> and one of those things was your piece of art. Oh, that, I'm honored. That yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's a very special piece. And every time we go there, I'm like, we need to bring it back. We need to bring it back. We need to bring it back. But for now, anytime we go there and our grandson is with us, he's kind of like, oh, mommy. Right. Bump. And ah, it's, so it's, it's a gift. So, um, yeah, know that the art that you're creating and the intention that you're putting into it is uh being received on the other end as something meaningful uh and it's it's an extension of of our family so it's mm -hmm. a very very cool i i love that and i appreciate that well i appreciate the nice words as well that's one of the best things and it's very rewarding for me to hear people and to see people love what i'm putting out into the world for them you know what i mean so i really appreciate that thank you well, uh, here's a, maybe a challenging question, and it's something that I believe is important because everybody uh, on Instagram seems to have it made, right? <laughs> it's like they've they've done it. You know, during right. the holidays, we were just talking, like, "Oh, we're all the happy people." Well, they're they're on Instagram, and everybody <laughs> everybody's killing it there. It's perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I I know that for you, you are currently in the process of uh, becoming the potential artist that 
you you are mm -hmm. and so you're trending in in this growth and i'm curious at this point in time just kind of looking back what have been the big uh inflection points that have led you to this place of now having the confidence to say okay it's time to go it has it been uh, collaborations, uh, a certain amount of money, a certain amount of attention that you've garnished? Is it just a skill set that you feel like, oh, I can just put out art like crazy right now, or I have a clear path as to where I'm going and now I can execute on that plan? Yeah, what are those inflection points and, and how do you know that you should be doing this right now? What are the indicators? I mean, it's such a good question. And it's a very difficult question to, to answer. And I feel like it's probably a lot of everything you just mentioned. Um, for me, for me, I, I've noticed a lot of like little signs along the way, just, um, you know, whether it's somebody's reaction or somebody calls me and tells me what, what the art has done for them. Um, that kind of just makes me believe like, this is what I am supposed to be doing. You know, I want to be doing something special. For instance, somebody, um, I had surprised a friend of mine just with a little, um, little print and she was going through something um and it was a, a print of bono from u2 that a painting that i did and she's a, a big u2 fan and it was just random like i i didn't know what she was going through at the time um and she calls me one day and she had been kind of questioning it was it was a relationship problem she was having whether she should stay whether she should go kind of thing and i wrote a little note and gave it to a friend of mine to give to her that i knew uh, she would see. So, and it was just kind of like a surprise. And I said, hope all is well, miss you. Um, and then I just put quote unquote, walk on, um, because that was what I, one of the things I titled, um, from Bono, right. Uh, you two song. And I get a call from her later that day. You have no idea what this painting did for me. She said, I've been going back and forth. Should I stay? Should I go? And she took it as a sign and, she was so happy with, with everything that she'd been going through. Like I just happened to do this thing it says walk on. Right. Um, so that's like a little serendipitous thing that, that really made me feel like, okay, like I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, there have been other similar instances where uh, one of my friends uh, tells me to use my art or says that I, I do use my art as a superpower, which makes me feel great because it's not all necessarily about the money. I, I'm trying to bring the best out of people and share my gift with them. And if, you know, if they're going through a hard time, whatever can make them happy. So that's one thing that, that tells me I'm doing the right thing. Um, another instance is like these opportunities that I keep getting um, to be on here with you, to meet Gary Vee. Uh, to meet Wes, right? Uh, recently, this past summer, I was on ABC Action News. They did a little story. Um, I had a couple of like, like Bryce Harper commented on a picture of him that I did. Uh, so like all these little things, I'm thinking if I, if I didn't break my foot, if I didn't get hurt, I would never have picked up the sketchbook again. You know, I wouldn't have done that. I, the way I got hurt, I broke my foot. It was something so dumb. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I was supposed to. This is exactly how it was supposed to unfold for me. So all these little things kind of pushed me into this path. And I firmly believe I'm going the right way that I'm supposed to be going. Um, so and and 
like you said, well, because of all these opportunities, I've, I've had some small success on Instagram, you know what I mean? So it's nice to get some great feedback um, and social media. And it's just been unbelievable. And I hope it continues to go that way. You know what I mean? I definitely believe that I'm kind of a yes man in a way as when it comes to new opportunities, I like to keep doors open and see what comes from them. So I think that's also a part of it. Um, I'm always trying new things. Even recently I did some window painting at, at my kid's school and then something comes from that. Like somebody else reaches out, could you do that for our school? Could you do this for um, a company or, you know, a restaurant or whatever? Sure. Whatever's going to keep me creative, whatever's going to keep me happy, I'm going to keep doing it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting and very, very cool that you feel like you are uh, tapping into those little subtle signs like mm -hmm. you know a friend saying hey you don't know how much this means to me uh, because some people are maybe like oh yeah I, you know I, I just got a a piece commissioned and it's going to be a hundred grand that that was the sign right <laughs> yeah 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 well it's definitely not that yet i could tell you that <laughs> right but maybe it's coming you know ne you never know right um that's very cool and 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 something that uh caught my attention was uh, what were you teaching by the way what what grade were you teaching so i taught at the lower level like the primary school level and i was a basic skills teacher kindergarten first and second so i had just small groups of students uh, with me and then I would push into other classrooms as well but mostly reading okay mm -hmm. okay I, I was curious because I saw the time lapses of you doing those uh pieces on the chalkboard and mm. I thought those pieces those pieces were really cool and I assumed those were for your classroom yeah and uh, I, I'm curious how did the kids like that and what oh did the gosh. teachers say that was uh the kids love it you know that was great they would look forward to coming into my class every day and sometimes I would leave my door open for the, you know, because some of the kids wanted to see the progress on whatever I was working on that day. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of great feedback from teachers, from students. Um, I was actually one of the highlights of, like I said, I was, I was lucky enough to be on the action news and they, they asked me about those. Um, so that was kind of a cool little niche to, to break into. And I still do a little bit of chalkboard art even in my studio. So it's been good. And I actually would love to do more. And I probably will branch out and still do more as soon as I kind of get get some things finished that I, I have on my list to do. You know, I would love to keep doing that stuff. But it was just a great way to keep the kids intrigued, um, mm -hmm. to, to give them something to look forward to when they came into my classroom, you know what I mean? And they love seeing the process and they loved asking questions. So many people were like, weren't you worried kids were going to like swipe it with their finger and tell you the truth. Kids are kids, right? If they did that, no big deal. You know, I'll put more chalk on it. What are you going to do? But mm -hmm. they really, they appreciated it. And they, they knew not even, I didn't even have to say anything. Don't go, you know, they didn't even touch it. So um, yeah, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. amazing that that kids can see uh something like that and appreciate the value of it and it's also cool that you would dedicate so much time to putting up a piece that was chalk on a chalkboard that could just disappear <laughs> at any given point of time i mean uh somebody could get it come in and clean and be like oh this is just from the day you know mm -hmm. but maybe, exactly. maybe they knew that you were you were doing something special there. Um, how, how long would those pieces last? Was it like one a week or? Um, I mean, I tried to do a few. So right in the beginning, 
Uh, the first one I did actually was just like a cover of the book that we were reading in the class, just because I thought the kids would like it. And then um, what happened was the Super Bowl was coming along. I was like, oh, it was like a big thing in our school. And I was like, I'm going to do a cool Super Bowl mural. And they loved it. And the rest of the school was like, wow, that, that turned out so cool. And it was all right. But um, then at the beginning of baseball season, when there was the strike and everything, and I'm a big baseball fan. Um, I was like, oh, I would love to make something like that just to, and all of my students were playing, starting to play like T-ball and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be fun for them to see the process throughout, like maybe a couple of weeks. I would do it on my lunch break or like a couple minutes during my prep time. Um, so it was, it was a whole process. It probably took me maybe two weeks to complete the whole thing. But that was the other, a good lesson in itself for students to see not everything is done in 15 minutes or an hour. I know a lot of my students, when I, I, I teach uh, art lessons and when they come to my studio and they're like, all right, well, I'm done. I'm like, well, let's see if we could keep bringing some more out of it. But to see a process happen, not like to not finish something in one sitting over the course of two or three weeks, maybe. Uh, was eye-opening for them to see what kind of work goes into it, you know? Um, so that was that was awesome. The kids loved it. The school loved it. It was a, a lot of fun for me. And it was a different way to really express my art, or to show my art, I should say. Chalk is, you know, not necessarily easy. It smears a lot, but it was really cool to try to perfect it. And I love the fact that they were able to see the bad parts of it. You know, talk about Instagram and everybody's happy and perfect, right? One of the things that I kind of pride myself in is showing the imperfections. Um, I want the people that see my videos to know it's not always easy. Like the beginning process is a struggle and you have to get through that hard part. Just like in life, you know, you struggle, you get through it, you're stronger for it. Painting is very similar in that when you get to a hard part, you got to get through it. And then the rewards come after because you could kind of see it, see the big picture and you see the rewards. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know where I went with that, but it kind of rambled off a little bit. So um, no, we were just kind of talking about the, a little bit of the, how, how the kids were appreciating your process and that in your process. Um, one of the things that you are kind of highlighting right now that I think is important is that it takes time to create a masterpiece. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know if you're even creating a masterpiece and something that I've heard my mother say a lot. Uh, she's, she's an artist is, um, oh, I shouldn't have touched that. I shouldn't have, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have messed with it. Mm -hmm. it. It was, it was actually perfect the way it was. Uh, have you, have you encountered uh, that before where you, you had a product and you're like, oh, I feel like there's something more and then you went to do it and you kind of uh, messed it up and how you dealt with that? What is that like? Is that so something that you recognize in yourself? It's funny because I've always said as a painter, I love painting because if you make a mistake, you could paint right over it. Um, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that. I don't really get that sense like, oh, I shouldn't have touched it. I just feel like I'm kind of improving it a little bit at a time, one brush stroke at a time, one pencil stroke at a time. And I'm, and I'm trying to make it a little bit better. If I, if I did something I should have done, erase it. No big deal, right? Um, but that's what I always loved about painting was there really weren't any mistakes. You just cover it up and you keep going and you build from there, right? 
it's a it's a whole entire process and trust the process and you keep going you get through that hard part they talk about um there's something called like the artists i forget what it's called exactly it's like a, a reverse bell curve basically when you start a new piece and you're all excited and you're like wow this is gonna be awesome you're up here right you're all fired up and then all of a sudden you start to say okay well this is the hard part eh, it's okay it's all right and then you're at this bottom part where you're like oh not so good this is where a lot of people stop and they're saying oh i'll get rid of it i'll start a new one or they just never finish it this is the hard part for a creator to get through that hard part right and once they do and they start to say okay there it is that's what i was picturing or there it's coming out now right and then by the end of it you're like there it is done that's what i had envisioned from the beginning it's but it's hard that's what makes um that's what you know makes people different it's what separates artists right if you could get through that hard part to see the finished product Mm, yeah, that's huge. Right now, what are the main challenges that you're facing in terms of uh, being a full-time artist and, and growing as an artist and, and your business, which is the machine that allows you to expand? Are you, are you facing any resistance at the moment or anything that's, um, that you're trying to solve that uh, you're, you're tinkering with? Well, um, it, it's interesting, you know, as a teacher, I had a, a safe gig, I had a paycheck coming in every two weeks, right? So anything that I was making from my art was a bonus. And now it's like, I, I'm noticing and I'm learning, there was definitely a learning curve coming into it where, and I expected that there would be some challenges like this. I'm really focusing on what my time is worth. And I'm noticing maybe some things that I've done in the past that were fine when I had a safe paycheck coming in, probably might not be worth my time now, unless I double the price or um, because I have to make a quota pretty much so I could pay my mortgage so that we could buy groceries and do do all the bills. And I also want to get to a point where I'm comfortable and then I don't have to do as many commissions or I could start to just branch out and do more originals or more chalkboard or just strictly YouTube or videos or anything like that, you know, but it's been a challenge because all of my time, I'm constantly thinking, okay, if I do this right now, is it going to be worth it for me? You know, and I don't necessarily, um, I don't want to be so financially like focused. I want to be art focused, but I feel like I have to find that happy medium where I'm, I'm doing both. So that's kind of been a challenge that I'm, I'm working through and learning a little bit more each day and, and getting better at it. Definitely. In the beginning, I'm like, okay, what should I do now? Should I do this? Should I do that? And um, now it's like, okay, I have to do this today, get it done by tomorrow so that whatever I'm getting paid for actually makes sense and is worth it, you know? Um, so it's an, you're, I'm always learning. And I think mm -hmm. as a creator, as an artist, as a business owner, you have to be always learning. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be at a standstill and not, you're not going, you're not going to grow at all. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely been a challenge, but one that, one that I'm working on and I'm getting better at. So I welcome it, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. So do you, do you cap yourself 
uh, in terms of your time management at a place where you say, okay, this is what I'm going to dedicate to commissions. And then uh, this other uh, time allocation is going to be dedicated to the creative side, which is maybe, uh, who knows, uh, just exploring new new avenues or, or creating content that you're sharing with the world. Uh, is there a deliberate practice around that or is it uh, as it comes right now? Right now, it's mostly as it comes. However, I will say that I try to get my commissions done first so that I can get to the things I, I can pay my bills and I can then get to the things that I want to experiment with and, and help grow my business a little bit more. Um, I have been better at saying, okay, this piece, if someone asked me to do a commission piece for them, I would say this piece is going to be that this much. And I'm, I'm definitely better at giving myself a window of time that makes that price worth it, you know? So, um, like I said, always a learning curve. But it's been good. A challenge I welcome, and I'd rather be doing this, you know, and designing my own life and in charge of my own life and everything that comes to me. So, yeah, makes sense. How do you, how do you price your art? Is that a, is even something you you want to talk about? But I, I'm curious. Um, so there's a bunch of schools of thought on that. A lot of people do value ba value based pricing, which is what I would ideally hope to get to, where. You think about a piece that might be worth something to somebody throughout their whole life and what it should be worth. A lot of people do time, uh, how much time they think it's going to call, uh, go into it. A lot of people do by size, you know, size and time. So I do mostly like how much time I think is going to go into it at this point. Um, it just makes the most sense to me. So it, it's, but it's always changing um, each year. You know, luckily, I've been I've been lucky that my prices are going up a little bit more um, each year because I'm so busy. So it's kind of like uh, supply and demand from that aspect. You know, you kind of got to do it. Um, and I got to do it to to get this lifestyle and keep this this life that I have going. So when I was teaching and I had the paychecks coming in, um, I would I would say, oh, you know, there's some wiggle room. But now I kind of it's been good because I kind of say, I'm sorry, this is, this is the best I could do. And here's why I have kids to feed, you know? <laughs> so I don't feel bad about that anymore. Right. Right. No, that's great. That's great. Do you have any, any, uh, goals that are more kind of superficial uh in terms of oh, i would like to be featured in uh on a on a certain podcast or i would like to do a collaboration with uh samsung or is there anything like that in your mind or is that just a byproduct of you doing the things that you love i think it's more of a byproduct of course i would welcome any of if anybody's listening from samsung feel free to reach out um you know i would love to do that stuff and I do imagine myself one day, you know, doing some traveling and really um, embracing the the great life that art can give you. Um, but right now, it's kind of a byproduct. I want to just put the put the work in, do do my thing, and see what comes of it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. I would love to do some big things right now. Nothing specific comes to mind as far as like working with a company or, or a specific artist. Um, really for the next year, I'm going to work on getting some, getting my stuff out there. Uh, restaurants, galleries, um, some solo shows, things like that. I'm working on building my YouTube channel, uh, my website, my 
client list, things like that. Those are the main mm -hmm. things that I'm focusing on this year for 2023, at least, you know. That's beautiful. And in terms of teaching, you, you were teaching um, in school, of course, but now uh, are you still teaching art? Are you, is this something that you do on a regular? And what, what age groups do you teach and, and who, who is your clientele? <laughs> so, yes, I, I do still teach. I was teaching reading in school but because I never went to school for art. But I have for the last five years about I've been giving private art lessons. Um, and I work with kindergarten students all the way up through high school. I even have a couple of adults that come to me. Um, so that's been awesome. And like I said earlier, like once a teacher, always a teacher. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, we talk about the, the Ikigai, right? That was one of the first things that you taught me. And I feel like that is kind of um, like my wheelhouse, you know, teaching art now, putting my, my passions together. And I love teaching um, lessons and I love teaching other artists to, to help grow their, not just their art skills, but their business as well. You know, um, I feel like I've kind of figured it out. Well, I'm figuring it out. I should say I haven't figured it out, but I'm going and figuring it out each day a little bit more and a little bit more. And I love all aspects of teaching, not just the skills, but whether it's growing your business or getting better at something. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's great. And in going forward, how, how are you planning to uh, continue to showcase your art and to be seen? I think that's one of the, the, the hardest things that um, artists face is, is really being seen and then uh, adding enough, value through what they're presenting that people want to work with them. Do you have a strategy for that? And if so, what, what is that? That's a good question. Um, and I don't know if I definitely have the answer. I'm, I'm really trying to be seen on different platforms, right? So I, I want to grow my YouTube and I want to be seen as an artist, but also as a, an educator. Um, I want to get my stuff out. I'm starting locally, right? But hopefully somewhere throughout the next few years, I could grow and have my stuff throughout the whole country. You know, like I don't want to limit it, but I want to be able to um, start where I think it's manageable and get my things, whether it's prints or originals out to the world um, just like that. So I, and going back to social media, I think that's a big thing for me just to keep, keep growing my social media page to get seen. Um, so yeah, I would say those are the big things for me right now to continue to grow and get seen. Um, I would love to continue to try and get some more shows, group shows, solo shows, anything like that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. This is a, this is a question that is, is for me now it's uh, I, I, for example, I get pretty tired of social media and I, I <laughs> uh, one of the things that I dread is, is if I get stuck in scrolling through social media, I, I start uh, becoming very judgmental of <laughs> how generic uh, a lot of the content is after mm -hmm. a while like everybody is doing the same thing and then i i get annoyed because i notice that i'm doing the same thing uh, too. i know i do the same <laughs> thing <laughs> right and then i'm like oh man i'm i'm complaining or judging this and i'm 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 the same way how, what's your relationship like with social media as an artist and and how do you navigate that very similar um 
I, I, it's a love hate thing for me too. I don't want to spend my time scrolling. Although when I'm scrolling, sometimes I find some new ideas, right? And then I'm like, oh, maybe I could do my version of that. So there's that positive aspect of it. But then again, just like you say, I find myself doing the same thing and I say, okay, well, I guess if this is trending, this is what I should be doing, right? Should I make a reel using this sound because that's got the little arrow and it'll help get me the most attention? But it's kind of a balance trying to stay true to yourself and trying to build your your audience at the same time. It's really hard to do that. And I don't want to be, I don't want to necessarily be like all silly and goofy by doing these little reels or anything like that. That's not really me, you know, so I'm going to stay true to myself as much as I can. Um, also, while showing a little bit of my personality, but nothing crazy, you know. Um, but I mean, reels have been great for me in, in the sense that they're getting me new followers and attention and views and everything like that. But when you see the same reels with the same sounds, and I guess it's like, is it my turn? Do I need to do that now? I don't necessarily, I don't like thinking that way, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I've jumped onto a couple of trends, just a few. And, and it's funny because every time I jump onto a trend, I, I almost feel, um, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm like, ah, here I am mm -hmm. just being influenced and, and I'm being a follower now of, of the herd. Uh, but every time I do it, uh, I seem to get a lot of positive attention. <laughs> and I know. It, the dichotomy of that is just, it's challenging it is, uh, to, it to is. navigate. So I was, I was just curious how, how you felt about it as an artist who is, uh, I believe an artist is somebody who is uh, truly uh, curious about exploring originality. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. And, yeah. Yeah. How, how, how do you, how do you nurture originality with all the information that we're bombarded with all day <laughs> long? We're so influenced. How do you do that? Well, I think part of that is just by being authentic, right? And doing what you what you know, what you're into and not doing something just because somebody else got a lot of attention from it, right? So going back to where I started doing a lot of like beachscapes and waves and things like that, that's, that's a part of me. I grew up at the beach. So um, finding your style in something that you love is a, a huge part of being original. Um, and, and like I said, so um, showing your imperfections, right? I spent my whole life trying to master or become an expert at making something look like a person or exactly what I was trying to draw. But now that I'm older and I've um, done a lot more art, I find my favorite parts of the pieces are the imperfections and what what is might be a little bit odd about a piece you know what i mean whether it's the wrong colors or um like a slight paint drip that wasn't supposed to like bob ross talks about those happy accidents all the time it's amazing how many artists feel like that that the things that separate them are the things that are technically wrong with a piece you know but that's to me that's what makes it original i i see a lot of artists these days and and to each their own i'm not gonna um Put somebody down for it but a lot of them you know feel like it's okay to um you know it's it's up to them use projectors and then paint in the lines but to me that's not authentic that's not how i choose to do it if you would like to do that that's fine but i feel like if i'm going to be um asking for money from someone i want it to be as 
as real and as authentic and original as possible, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. You know, you, you said the projector thing. I, I actually used to do that myself. If I, I, I painted anything on canvas. And the reason I did it was because when my mother first started painting, she was probably, uh, late thirties, early forties. Mm -hmm. Uh, she, she started just doing oil painting to as a hobby and uh, she was doing copies of mm -hmm. famous oil painters. Okay. Right. Yeah, and uh, she became very good at doing these uh, these copies to the point where they were they looked, <laughs> at least to the untrained eye, very close to the originals. And she started selling these. That she got commissioned to do these, and that was my first uh, you know awareness of how art was created. So I thought, oh, that's how you do art. You you just copy paste, copy paste. But something that uh, came up over the years. Uh, was watching my mom evolve from those copy oil paintings to her originals, to different mediums, to using different materials, and to know, now having her own unique style, uh, you know, in her mid-70s. And to see that evolution over 30 years or whatever, 35 years, is uh, very cool. And something that comes up for me is that it takes a long time mm -hmm. to become original right, and to, to create your own style. And I'm wondering, do you ever have moments where you doubt yourself and you think, uh, for what? I mean, there's all these artists out there. Why, why, why me? Why should I be special? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a roller coaster, you know. Um, there are times, when, there's some times when I don't have the vision right away. I know it'll come out eventually, but when I'm painting something, it's, it's a strange thing. It's almost like you forgot what you did in the past to get this um, result, you know? Um, and that's why I feel like you just got to keep going and get through that hard part of that bell curve, like we were talking about. And that, and it kind of brings itself out to find the originality, right? To find the authenticity and make it your own. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a challenge. They're, they're, I mean, countless times I've, I've doubted myself, but I, I like to think of myself for the most part as a positive person. Um, and I try to spin that thought if I am doubting myself to turn it positive and get through that hard part, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. so, so, uh, would you say you're an optimist? Yeah, definitely. I try to always stay positive and be as optimistic as I can. And I believe when you do that, the good things happen, right? So Almost it like, seems to be working for you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it keeps going, right? <laughs> but there's definitely times like right after I resigned from teaching, I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh my gosh, I have three young kids. I just quit my job, right? What am I going to do? And I knew I had a list of commissions that I had to get done for people. I knew there was money, but it's just, there's always that little inkling in the back of your head, right? And you have to get rid of it and just say, trust it trust it, keep going, have faith, keep going. And um, I, I'm big on like positive affirmations as well, right? So put it out in the universe, it'll come back at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to say create and attract, create yeah. and attract. So it's kind of if you, you know, I, I think I've set this example for you before, but if you're a photographer and you want to be featured on the cover of some magazine or whatever, it's not about chasing the cover of the magazine, but rather just producing the best work that you can in your photography so that you one day become noticed and invited to 
produce the cover of a magazine. Exactly. It's kind of like that. And then going back to what you said about like some some goals, do I have any like big goals about doing something with some I feel like it's gonna be a byproduct of my hard work that gets me to those big things that happen, you know. So um it all, you know, it's full circle, it all comes back and it's all intertwined. But yeah, mm-hmm. positivity is yeah. a big part of of the way I try to to think and act, you know, especially as a father of three, I want them to see, you know, I want to be a good example for them. And I want them to see, like, always stay positive and good things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you explored um, a, a digital expression of your art? Is this something that you do you mess around on an iPad or on a tablet? And just, so uh, I, I have an iPad. Um, I mostly use my iPad just when I'm doing lessons. Um, I don't really do digital art because I'm, I'm kind of an old school paper and pencil, canvas and paint. Um, and to me, that's the authentic part for me. And I, listen, the iPad's unbelievable, right? It's it's amazing. But to me, I just like to go back to the basics. And that's that's just my preference. You know, I know there's a lot of unbelievable digital artists. My brother is an unbelievable graphic designer, you know. Um, but to me, that's never been me. I just like the movement. I like the feeling, the texture, all the all the things that come with the old school style of painting and drawing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so in terms of digital, do you think there is a, um, will be a time where your physical art uh, lives in digital form? I mean, NFTs are, are although the, the market is down, it's, it's still uh, something that people are talking about. Yeah. What, what are, what's, what's your sentiment around that? Uh, I mean, I think NFTs are a great idea. At, at first, I really didn't quite understand them, but um, as you know, the last year and a half have gone by, I've seen what they could do for people. And it's more of like, at first I thought it was really about the picture and the art, but it really doesn't have as much to do with that as I, as I thought. It's more about the exclusivity that comes with it. Right. And if you belong to a group, so I haven't really figured that whole part about, um, NFTs yet or anything like that. And, um, so yeah, I, th- I think eventually it could could happen. You know, I know there's definitely a future for NFTs and it's just going to continue to um, new things are going to happen like the AI and everything like that. Um, but right now, I mean, I do. I have like digital prints and everything like that on my website and you could get prints, canvas prints, anything like that. Um like it's not just originals is what I'm trying to say for me. I do have um, copies and things like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, I I think NFTs are it's a very interesting space. I've I've kind of dabbled in it, and one of the things that I've learned is that basically an NFT is a ticket into a service, a group, um, mm-hmm. uh, an idea, even. And in the future, it will be much more than what we see at this yes. moment. It will be an airplane ticket. It will be booking a room. It will right. be buying a house, even a unique. Uh, and, and I'm no expert, so I feel like I don't have any room to talk about it. You know what I mean? But you're right. Absolutely totally. right. Yeah, it's just the beginning phases of it. 
Yeah, but the art itself is a great indicator of what's potentially on the other side. And mm -hmm. it, it can communicate a message as to what it is that you're getting yourself into. Plus, it's very attracted, attracting, and, uh, attractive, and um, it serves as a way of expressing a philosophy. So it, basically branding. Right. Branding is very yeah. strong. Mm -hmm. do, you, do, you th do you think about your own branding, your personal brand? And if so, what's the philosophy behind um, a Tim Smith? Well, I want people to be able to, to see the work that goes into it by looking at a painting of mine. I want there to be rough, quick brush strokes, right? Very loose, very free. And I want them to know, I, like, I want my story to be embedded in my art, right? This guy that took a risk, kind of left his safe job, and this is his story, and this is a piece, and this is his passion. And you could see it all in in the painting by my, you know, whatever it is, my colors, my movements, uh, the imperfections, you know, things like that. So I want that to be a part of my brand. I, I know I want to stand for that. Um so I still have a long way to go as far as like um, building that part into it, but I feel like it's starting to get there and people are starting to really get my story and what I put into my art. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do your, what do your kids think about your art? I mean, they, they love it. They think it's the coolest thing in the world to have an art studio that they could just come in and paint with me and mess up the walls and everything like that. I, I always tell them, I'm like, you know how lucky you are just to be able to come in and make a mess somewhere, you know, but it's super cool. I love having them. That's one of my favorite times in the studios, having my kids in there painting with me, blasting music, just having a great time. So it's awesome. And they enjoy it. They're all creative in their own ways as well. You know, my little guy's only two, but he loves making a mess. So <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my my grandson is the same way. He's he is uh, very messy. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he's he's amazing, full of energy, and it's uh, it's amazing to see uh, when a when a toddler like that starts to create. I mean, we try to only do crayons, uh, mm -hmm. but he, he's right. managed to you know get some uh, permanent markers and and worked on our our furniture. And sometimes you look at the lines, you're like, whoa, those are pretty pretty cool lines. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I actually like, had. Um... An instance last year, was it last year? Yes. Um, a teacher, when I was still in school, came up to me. It was my son's teacher. My, my kids went to school with me. And she came up to me and she said, his name's Oliver. We call him Ollie. She said, Ollie drew on the wall um, at school. And I'm like, okay, uh, thinking to myself, how do I have this conversation with him that he's not allowed to draw on the walls when all I do is make a huge mess on the walls? And I say, okay. All right, Ali, we're going to keep that for the studio, okay? We don't do that any on any other walls, but in the art studio it's okay, you know. Right. But it's right. a great That's... it's great to have them at such a young age realize there is this great way to express themselves, you know, and it's okay to make a mess and it's okay to find their own creativity, you know. Um I don't one of the things that I tell a lot of my students and my children, I don't want to see yours look just like mine. I want to see what looks like yours and what makes yours special, you know? And that's hard for a lot of kids that want to make it perfect, you know? But um, nothing's perfect anywhere, you know? So it's, it's great to have this area for them to explore and build and grow.
Yeah, this idea of imperfection, I think, is so powerful because, I mean, whether it's um, um, our relationship to our body and our appearance, um, the way that our lives are are, are going, uh, there's never a moment where you say, oh, wow, everything is uh, in my cookie cutter mind mm -hmm. uh, perfect. It's always in flux and there's always something that uh, feels a little chaotic or is about to you fall in or out of balance. And I believe that's the nature of, of life and being able to express that in, in a way that is beautiful, like through art, I think is really powerful. And if, if imperfection, if our imperfections are truly perfect, it, that's what perfection is, the, the imperfections of, of ourselves and our lives, what, what does that feel like for you? What's the... Um, What's the emotional relationship to that? Hmm. Well, the imperfections to me have been my kind of like my driving force, you know, it's been motivational for me. Um, like I said, I spent my whole art career trying to make things perfect and look just like something. And it wasn't until I felt like I had the experience that that I realized the importance of them. That's what gives us the authenticity and originality and the beauty, right? And then to um, talk about how that's like life, exactly. That's life in a nutshell, right? The imperfections, that's what makes you, you. And um, so, yeah, that, I mean, I feel like it's a good thing almost in a way. I, I've tried to spin it in a positive light. I think about, when I was younger and I didn't understand why I was getting hurt, nobody else was getting hurt, why I had four knee surgeries by the time I was 17. Uh, then in college, I had both shoulder, like, and then I, the big picture, right? All these little things that to me at the time were negatives. They're really the imperfections that kind of built me and taught me these lessons and forced me into this career that I'm having in a way. Um, I didn't see it at the time, but there was a bigger picture. Um, and those imperfections got me there. Tim, I think this is how we, how we end it <laughs> because I think, I think that's the, I think that's the message that the message is exactly what you just shared is that these things that seem like inconveniences mm -hmm. or the wrong path, or, uh, you're in a position where you're like, why me? Why am I in this, uh, shithole and right. uh, all of a sudden not, not knowing what to do with it. And I don't feel like somebody else is it, actually not something that's putting you, uh, in the dark, but it's actually uh, bringing you to yeah. the surface and and shedding light. And, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, yeah, thank you for sharing, Tim. Is there is there anything uh, I can do, we can do to support you? Uh, where do we find you? How do we connect with you? How do we commission a piece? Oh, yeah, feel free. So anytime you want to reach out for a commission piece or if you have questions about an original that I might have on my website, um, feel free. You could go on my website, www.theartworkoftimsmith.com. Um, please feel free to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I am at Tim Smith Art on Instagram, and I answer my DMs all the time and love to connect with fans and the audience that, I, you know, 
and followers. So I try to have a good relationship with my followers, you know, and I think that's a big part of what we go back to saying, building that connection. Um, so Carl, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been great and I really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. This is the Freestyle Way. Yeah.